What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Sean Salisbury Show right here on the Believe Network. I'm Adam Sager. He is Sean Salisbury. We got a ton to talk about, a lot of NFL. We got the NFL trade deadline is just uh, three hours from recording this right now away. So I'll keep we'll keep an eye on that as we're doing the show. See if anything comes down. We just had a trade a few moments ago. We'll get into that. And then also a few other uh, big time trades, including my team making a big trade. And then some interesting college headlines as well. Plus the World Series getting postponed in Philly. Shocker, it rains in Philly every yeah. time there's a World Series game three. Yeah. Uh, Regular basis. Yep. But anyways, as always, we're brought to you by Bet Online. We are, and basketball is also back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. As your continued source for all sports and wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports events, whether that's NFL or NBA, NHL or MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, B L E A V, BELIEVE, to receive. Your rewards bet online where the game starts. As always, thank you to bet online. All right, Sean, we just had a trade come down about a half hour ago. I don't even know if you've seen this one. The Detroit Lions have traded their big tight end, TJ Hawkinson, who they took in the first round just a few years ago in the division to the Minnesota Vikings. And now you kind of got to follow along with these terms because it gets kind of confusing. So the right. Vikings are getting TJ Hawkinson a 2023 fourth round pick and a conditional 2024 fourth round pick. The lions for trading Hawkinson are getting a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 third round pick. So a lot of moving parts in there. Uh, quick thoughts on just Hawkinson and what he'll do for that offense with Jefferson and Thielen and cousins and cook and Madison and all those guys. Right. And who, what did the, what was the first pick the Vikings gave up Sags? Uh, the their second round this year, okay. the Vikings gave up and to Detroit get is sending Hawkinson and what else? Um, they're sending a 2023 fourth, and, and they get a second, a third. Yeah, and the Lions are getting a second and a third. Um, and then there's a conditional pick next year as well. So right. Um, I here's what I think. My my initial thoughts are Hawkinson's going to be a better player on a better team. Does that makes sense. Mm -hmm. He's a good player. Yeah. He's a good player. And I think there's another level to his game. He's, you know, this tight end position has become so important in the league for mismatch issues. And we see it. There was talk that Minnesota was in the was in the uh, hunt for a guy like Brandon Cooks, another receiver to go along with. I read I'd read that this morning. Possible receiver. Well, they get a receiving tight end and a guy who can play in TJ Hawkinson and a guy who can put his hand on the dirt. and You can move him around. I think this is a good get. You can tell you the Vikings are offensively. They're, they're going after it. They're, they're trying to create a situation because they are the best team in the North. And this just gives a crutch and a person to lean on for Cousins. And it makes the perimeter players better. They do. they got a good run game. They've got receivers that are really good. Now they've got a tight end who could take you on the, the bender and the pump and the seams and work the underneath stuff and give you uh, another guy to lean on. This, this strengthens the Vikings. I would have done the same thing. And I get why Detroit, who's trying to build something to get those assets back, I get why they did it. Yeah, I think it works for both. And 
you know it works for both when it's in a division and that's in and you pull it off. So yeah. both teams are happy with it. I, I think the one other thing it does as well is it takes Irv Smith, who the Vikings drafted at tight end a few years back as well, and allows him to play more outside because he's not an inline blocker. At Alabama, he was more of you know a stretch the field kind of guy. Hawkinson can be that inline tight end, allowing Irv Smith to flex out or you know play out of the backfield, do different things instead of forcing him onto that line where you know they need him in the offense. The majority offenses that are dominant in this league in the passing game have two receive have two tight ends. Mm-hmm. The, the, I mean, when you go through it over the course of the last handful, you have one like a Kelsey you lean on, but the ability to use more than one who can impact a game in different ways. And right now you got Irv outside who doesn't need to have his hand in the dirt. You got a guy who can do both in Hawkinson and a guy who's better spread out in Smith. This strengthens the Vikings for a team that believes they can make a run in the NFC. Well, actually, as I say that, I just looked at Twitter and Adam Schefter literally 47 seconds ago said Irv Smith is expected to be out two months with a high ankle sprain. So I don't know what kind of high ankle sprain is two months, but um, it could even up to 10 weeks. So, I mean, that's the rest of the season. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, it it would tell me is there's gotta be some kind of minor surgery on that thing. Yeah. There's gotta be some sort of break or something. Right. 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 That's yeah. High ankle sprain. I get it. I've had it and had to play yeah. with it, took a bye week and play with it two weeks later. His may be more severe, but that's, uh, yeah, wouldn't you know? Well, another reason why they needed a tight end, obviously, instead of exactly. just two now, they got to have a guy who can do more. So they must have seen this coming down the pike and saw that it's a must. But when he comes back, they'll still have two good ones. But this sure protects them depending on how long Irv Smith's out. That's for, for sure. sure. For sure. And then we had another big-time trade yesterday. The Chicago Bears dealt their – middle linebacker Roquan Smith to the Baltimore Ravens for a second round pick and a fifth round pick, um, which will be either the Patriots or the Ravens, which one is higher um, come draft time. Uh, Big time trade for the Ravens. The bears do exactly what Ryan Poles has been doing and gaining assets and, and face it, they were never going to pay an inside linebacker $20 million. It just wasn't happening. And they get a real asset for Roquan Smith and this makes the Ravens defense just that much better because the Ravens are also getting Tyus Bowser who was their best pass rusher last year back from his Achilles that he suffered late last year and they get uh their second round rookie David Ajabo the other pass rusher um that they were waiting to get back uh this defense just got scary with three additions that with we have not seen them on the field this season for the Ravens that's a good move for them Rare do I say that trades work in favor of both teams very often. And in both these trades you're talking about, I think it works for both both teams. The Bears, like the Lions, are trying to asset up and get guys to mm-hmm. help. And they don't want to stretch their salary cap to the point. We knew you and I talked about Roquan Smith and how good a player, yep. but in training camp about getting there, that, that movement seemed logical. We'd have both paid him, but. They don't want to mortgage their franchise at $20 million, and Baltimore's probably going to pay him, Sags, more than likely, I would think. Yeah. Now, the other end of this is, obviously, Baltimore's a bigger threat this year. They've got the quarterback who's looking at a long-term deal himself and Lamar Jackson. They also, Sags, I'm, maybe they're not done. They, We've heard about them in the run game, right, with some other teams being mm-hmm. mixed in, possibly. So with that, what the Baltimore Ravens do, and what, Sags, they are a team that we know they love to – 
wear you out on defense. They got better. And this now starting to look more like the Baltimore Ravens physicality that we see when they're winning or championship title hopes type of team. They got a dynamic quarterback and they've upgraded their defense and they get a, they get a tackling machine in Roquan Smith. And now they got to, you know, see where they fit in salary cap wise to pay all these guys. But it's an upgrade for them for a team that obviously, again, believes that the AFC is wide open for them even though we most of us think it's a two-horse race between the top two in Kansas City and Buffalo, and you're going to have to be awful good to beat them. But they got better, and this gives them a leg up in a division that's going to be competitive after what I saw Cleveland do to Cincinnati last night. One interesting aspect to Roquan being traded to the Ravens is we've heard all offseason about Lamar and his contract and, and all this stuff that he is negotiating by himself. You know, Lamar is, is trying to do it, you know, with some help from others, but he doesn't have an agent is the thing. Well, neither does Roquan Smith. He's been negotiating with the Bears by himself with, with, with help from the outside, but not having an agent in there doing the dirty work, trying to get the numbers in and out. So now the Ravens not only have to deal with Lamar negotiating for himself, now they have to deal with Roquan. And we know those negotiations are always a little bit tougher on the organizations because you're dealing with the player directly instead of through somebody. Not at that kind of money, but in it's relative to all of us. And in those negotiations, they will tell the, when it's an agent, how crappy your guy is and why he doesn't deserve 20 million and why we can't pay Lamar 42 million a year and why he shouldn't get 200 million guaranteed. And then when it's all done, they hug the agent and they tell the player how great he is. We're so grateful you're here. So if you're the player, normally you don't hear the negative stuff because your agent just kind of keeps that by the wayside. Every now and then he'll do it at the beginning of the season to piss you off when you're going through the negotiations, right? But they go through right. and then you hug and everything's fine. And they got two of them that are going to be going through that. And two of them, one's going to be a staple player on their defense. And you remember, they, they you know, they they still have my guy from Notre Dame. What's the safety's name again? Kyle Who's Hamilton. They have Kyle Hamilton, who is, who is at and up the middle. It's like baseball. And in mm-hmm. old school basketball, where you had to have a great center and a you know, point guard leading it. Nowadays, people are doing it playing smaller ball. But in baseball, up the middle. And when it comes to football, you've got to be sound there and strong at quarterback at linebacker at center. You, you just do. And the Ravens are building that Segs, It's one thing in those negotiations. If I'm a player to not want to pay an agent when you're negotiating something, maybe a little less for me. I, I just, when you're talking about two guys with monster contracts, now Lamar's is going to be off the charts. Right. And, and with Roquan, you would think you'd want somebody, you know, a representative or somebody, even if you're paying an hourly wage to an attorney. But if they're going to go it alone, they're going to save four to six percent on their contract. But in turn, I mean, you just hope that you don't get, you know, bamboozled because the organization's not in it. They're in it to make you happy, but they're also in it to make <laughs> negotiate where they right. win, too, or at least they feel like they win. So you got to be careful. Both guys are really good players. Lamar's fantastic. And we know how good. Roquan Smith is I'm anxious to see how this goes let me ask you real quick about Lamar Jackson do you think there's any chance in hell that they don't franchise him if they don't get a deal done they can no not let yeah, him walk yeah, there's they, no way yeah they would no have way, to right? franchise tag him and even if it's three just, of them right yeah right. even if it's just hold it to, over. to hold them and even if okay for some reason they decide yeah we want to trade Lamar uh, you still have to franchise tag him to get past Before that you date. Trade him. And then, right. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he will definitely be franchise tag because I think this negotiation is going to take a while. 
You know, they they took yeah. all last summer and things never seemed to get anywhere close. I think he's going to take right. time, so I think he will definitely be franchise tag. Now, if they do the extension before like the July fifteenth deadline, that's waiting to be seen. I don't believe that he starts time now. I probably would have said it this year, but even more, there's no way he goes into next season with these two things. They're not happening. Franchise tag and not franchise. He is going again, not having a long time term mm-hmm. contract. One of the two are happening. Yeah. In and maybe both one to hold it over and one until they get it done. But I can assure you, you don't let guys like that just walk. He's he's going to get paid in Baltimore. It's just a matter of when and it's not if. And, and that's the other good thing, you know, I, I was talking to a buddy about and, and you know, telling him that for Roquan Smith to be traded to the Ravens, it's a big deal for him because if they're not going to keep him and say they let him walk and they just say, you know what, we wanted him to make a, a Super Bowl run. And yeah, you, take, you rented him. You yeah, rented we're going to take right. the comp pick, which will probably be a third round pick because he's going to get a big contract somewhere. Um he can't get franchise tagged because, you know, each team only has one and that's reserved for Lamar Jackson, 99.999%. So, um, yeah, Roquan saying, please franchise his ass, please. So I can, yes, exactly. so I can be free to do it. If you don't pay me, I can go get paid somewhere else. Yes. So I, I think that worked out great for Roquan Smith. Uh, looking else around the NFL, um, I, I'm going to keep an eye on Twitter just to see if anything else breaks uh, in terms of the trade deadline while we're recording this. But I want I want to jump here. What the hell? I, I we've talked about it multiple times, but again, Derek Carr and the Raiders. What happened? What is going on with that offense? Because you go out and you spend all that capital to get uh, Devontae Adams. You have other weapons there. I, I mean, and you're just losing games. Like you're not even competitive. And you bring in Josh McDaniels. You know the big offensive guru getting his second chance as a head coach. He's supposed to be better. Things just aren't working in Oakland. And you know, Mark Davis, I I mean, would you be shocked if he's like, screw this at the end of the year, you're done, Josh. If he thought he could get Sean Payton, he would do it. Right. I'm, I'm just telling you, if, of, of these coaches that are staring at somebody that could be one and done. And there may be four of them. I mean, it could be him. It could be Lovey Smith. Mm-hmm. It could be, I mean, Hackett. What's going to happen? Nathaniel Hackett, no question about it. And then you're going to talk about the ones that are probably going to come open. Possibly Detroit. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen with uh, Ron Rivera's group in Washington, right? Yep. I mean, Frank Reich's team folds up their tent and goes away. Frank Reich could be yep. in trouble. I mean, Segs, I went in thinking, oh, maybe this is a down year, and I talked to Ian Rappaport on my show about it. And maybe there's not going to be as many. And then you start to look and say, oh, there may be, be six to eight of them. Right. And the now Saints? The point, I mean, is right, he sticking? There you go, Dennis Allen, right. And you, you start to start to think, Sags, and go down it. You're like, okay, well, let me let me start to, to, to do this. We now treat quarterbacks, head coaches, now assistant coaches the same. And we, 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 there's no patience. Not that you should be in some of them, because some are blatant. That Sometimes you just got to cut bait like, I, I listen, it's not working for me. I got to move on and just admit your mistake, which some of their ego won't let them do that, meaning front office people and ownership. But say, I look at this, let me tell you something, man. As a, as a diehard Raider guy, I am to the Raiders what you are to the Bears, right? Your love for them. Your whole, that's your whole life. You've been a Bears guy. I've been a Raider guy mm-hmm. forever, right? Listen, man, some guys, they were supposed to get better. They've gotten worse. But Rich Bisacci, they bought a in at the end. Worse. They got him in the playoffs. Yeah, they've, I mean, it's not even close. You bring in one of the, the – listen, if you didn't know Devontae Adams was Devontae Adams, 
you'd look at him in this system and say, who's this second or third receiver they got? Yeah. And Renfro's a hundred catch guy. I know Waller with the injury been up and down. Josh Jacobs for three straight weeks has been a monster. And then all of a sudden they disappear. Segs, if he's ever come down, I can get through all the, you know, the X's and O's of why on second five they're doing this. And because McDaniels has been a tremendous play caller when he's just the play caller. He's not good doing both. And that we we've seen an evidence of mm-hmm. it. And I'm gonna tell you, I've been around coaches saying that some are cut out to be head coaches leadership wise. Screw the X's and O's. Every coach knows X's and O's. Not every coach can get into a rhythm calling coordinator, defense, or offensive coordinator plays, but they all know football. Some guys are better at getting in a rhythm calling plays. And then there's the next layer. Some aren't cut out for it, whether it's leadership, right. whether it's the direction, whether it's the culture, whether it's the combination of all. I still get the feeling Josh McDaniel wants to be a command and control guy because of where he's from, mm-hmm. meaning New England. And he's seen that guy have so much success being that. I don't think he's that. I don't look at him and say, trust and inspire leader. But I, I do with like, I do with Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. I, I, there's something there. You know, I do. There's a different, for me, it's a different feel. So uh, I'll be honest with you. You say some are cut out and some aren't. We may just be seeing a guy who's a lifetime assistant. Cause I'll be honest. If this fails, when are you going back to him? Right. When are you going back to Josh McDaniels if you no, if you decide Mark Davis moves on? They've always loved speed and with the Raiders. They've always loved that guy who could run a little bit faster. And the panage of, oh, I get like Josh McDaniels, the New England way. Well, unfortunately, the history of New England coaches that go on isn't good right. as NFL coaches or head coaches. So, you know what's crazy? Six, you know the best assistant coach Bill Belichick's ever sent out there? You know who it is? Bob is Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Who Bill Houston O'Brien. couldn't wait to get rid of after right. winning, you know, what did he win? Like and five I, divisions or whatever it was. Right. Four of them, I think. And you know what's yeah. crazy, Segs? Ironically, <laughs> he got run out. Why? Because of his command and control of Brace and the power. Tried to take over. Right. As a head coach, he probably would have survived it, Segs. He would have. Because they kept at least they're winning ten. He, he may have right. survived it for a couple more years when he decided he wanted to be the head coach, the GM, and have all decisions made in the building. Got too power hungry and lost his direction on the other stuff. They ran him out. So once again, and listen, I love Charlie Weiss, but you know Charlie's background. Charlie's been that type yep. of. We're doing it this way, Josh. You saw Brian Flores. What happened with his situation with the, the, the you know mm-hmm. the, he's a, a, a very in your face guy, which is a, some people still like it. Romeo's probably the one that's not a command and control guy, right? But Romeo's the perfect example of a guy who should be a Hall of Fame defensive assistant, but just didn't fit the head coaching role. So, and now we're looking at McDaniel's. And listen, as a Raider fan, I, I they they haven't got that position right in a long time. They just haven't. And hell, what was it? Del Rio twelve and four, and yeah. Mark Davis got a wild hair for Gruden. Got a hard. He did. And yep. Duck, they got rid of Jack. The reason when I had somebody ask me yesterday, why isn't Jack there? Well, Jack's not there because they fell in love with Gruden. They got gave rid him of him hundred million dollars. Exactly right. So, uh, I, it, it to me, unless something changes dramatically, it would not shock me if if he goes in there. When you're having closed door meetings with your head coach two times in seven weeks, meaning about the way they're performing, not a good look, Segs. Not a good look for the Raiders. It's bad, and they got to get better because they they playing like horse shit. They just yeah. are. Yeah, two and five, last in the division, in a division that 
hasn't been very good. They're, they're tied with the Broncos. It, it's just, um, we've talked about it pretty much every week about how bad that is. And another guy that may not get a, have a job at the end of the year. How did they get Brandon worse on Staley. the offense? Right. How did the, how did the Raiders get worse? When you got a guru, you got a Pro Bowl type quarterback who puts up numbers. You got well, going into this last year. Last year, Devontae Adams was widely known as the best player best, yep. in his position in the league in Green Bay before he left. Widely known as that. You Simple. got a solid and, running back, a really right. good tight end, another good wide receiver in Hunter Renfro that works underneath. You got, yep. I mean, you had it worse. all there, and they got. I mean, not just worse, like they're bottom of the barrel bad. I mean, they were just shut out by the Saints embarrassingly bad yeah embarrassingly bad uh just looking here on twitter uh there in your neck of the woods in houston supposedly brandon cooks is not out at practice he's one of those guys that's being talked about as a trade candidate uh kind of takes there was some whispers about minnesota feels like the deal for tj hawkinson takes them out of that running uh the rams are out here just throwing picks around trying to get people they supposedly Offered Carolina two ones, uh, one in twenty twenty four and a Burns. one in twenty twenty five for Brian Burns, uh, the defensive end. Uh, we know the Rams; they don't care about picks whatsoever. And they'll uh, twenty thirty, dude. They'll give them away. I, mean, yeah. I know you can't, but you know what I'm saying. If they could, they'll give they'll they'll give them away till McVay's sixty if yep. they possibly so, could. Uh, maybe Brandon Cooks fits there uh, in L.A. with the Rams. I don't know, but he's a guy that I think will be traded by the deadline. Well, let me ask you this, Sigs. If you really wanted to go for it and bury somebody, if you're the Chiefs, do you jump in? Yeah. For sure. What about, because the, char- he, he, what about the Chargers? The Chargers is a you know, team the- that's very interesting. Um, the other thing you got to consider is Brandon Cooks does have money on 2023, so I don't, you know, you'd have to mm-hmm. look at everybody's. Um, how Cap, it fits, but right. I know this season isn't much at all, so it will fit in pretty much anybody's pocketbook. And then you worry about 2023 when that time comes. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if he's not Chiefs, practicing, he said something too yesterday on Twitter. Didn't I see Sigs on social media where he said, "Hey, man, I gave it my all." It was almost like a goodbye message from him yesterday. Yeah. I don't know how much that means. You know, we get all this stuff on Twitter. We're like, "What kind of what kind of message you sending?" He's a great pro and a hell of a good teammate. Hell, he will. This will be his fourth time he's traded if he gets traded, and he'll go get a thousand yards receiving for somebody else. He's really good second, third guy to have, and on some teams a second. I wouldn't understand why Green Bay doesn't want to do this because if not, you can. You, Green Bay ain't making the playoffs without another playmaker. They're bad too. So three, three and five and you, now yeah. in the year yep. after losing to the Bills, yep. and you know I know the NFC is bad, but you got two teams that you're sitting behind in the NFC East now for the wild cards. Uh, with, with the Giants and Cowboys that are trailing the Eagles, but they're both six and two, so you're way behind them. Um, and you got some <coughs> other teams. Me. It's just you got to deal very, with Seattle, the 49ers. You, there's yep. a lot of teams you're gonna have yeah. to get through to get there. The Rams that means are you're gonna still have to win a lot. Right? A team that can win games and make it to the playoffs. So uh, Green Bay is interesting. Let me throw this. Out. I saw somebody can't remember. Oh, it was Kurt Warner said on a podcast that. He's watching Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and it doesn't look like at all when he watches them that they enjoy themselves whatsoever playing the game of football this season. They are yelling at everybody. Rodgers is always getting caught on camera, rolling his eyes, cursing his wide receivers, cursing his line, cursing his team. He's going on Pat McAfee's show like we talked about, talking about how players are just making all these mistakes. 
And, and Kurt Warner said, he's like, I think it's time for them to hang it up because they don't have the love for football. It seems in his eyes playing the quarterback position. And when that happens, he said, you just, you lose it. Yeah. You you don't get it back is what he said. Listen, I think they both have an addiction to it. Segs. I don't know if they have a, I don't know if they have the patience to deal with average play around them. I think about great NBA players. We get, like why Magic Johnson or Larry Bird didn't want to stay coaches or be a part mm-hmm. of that, right? That people can't live up to their expectations after all that great career. And these two guys have been in the league long enough where there are nothing, they're a coach on the field. I don't see, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's been a long time. I don't see one ounce of joy on. Now, listen, body language can be deceiving. I know what Brady with the divorce off the field and all, I, I, I get it. That's got to be difficult. But I don't see one ounce of joy in his game. Now, he still leads the league in yards, right. so he's putting up yards, but that's that's beside the point. It doesn't look like he's having one ounce of joy, and it's just, when he gets in there, Segs, and they got they got to drive ahead of him. It used to be for me, well, of course, Rodgers and Brady are putting them in position to win. Right Now, I don't, I, I, I don't watch them thinking, oh, they're going to turn this around. I watch right. them thinking, for the first time since I've watched both of them starters, can, can these guys actually turn this around? Brady for sure. I think I don't think Rogers is going to go out like this. I think he's going to milk another fifty million and go back and yeah. play because we know he can still play and try to find joy if they can do it. But there is no question in my mind this is Brady's last year. And Kurt Warner's right. I, I know this eggs and in a far less difficult situation because of you know those guys are superstars. But it's relative to all of us who play. Mm-hmm. I got asked a question a week ago. When did you know? And I'll tell you when I knew. Is when I went to off season workout. And now they're in. See, when I went to off-season workout, and I, I could, I'll never forget, I was with Kurt Govea, our linebacker. Because I got off my motorcycle, walking out to practice, and when it was done, we were going to get a beer and have something to eat. And it hit me. And we're talking in, well, like the the what they call OTAs, like a mini, just mm-hmm. our off-season plan, right? And I was walking along, and I thought, you know what? It's ten years in a league. This has become work for me. And I, I mean, come on, man, you're a quarterback. You get yeah. my. When I said work, it became like. I could see myself walking off that day doing something else now. Yeah. Even though I, I probably could have milked said, cause I was a veteran backup who could start games in his one games had five or six more years as a backup in him at the right price. Right. Mm-hmm. Go in there and play for 16, 18 years and start once in a while, help mentor a young quarterback. And it wasn't, there was no ego and pride and I had to be the guy. So I could have, but I knew then and there that it, I wouldn't, it wouldn't get my best. And June that year I, I was done working in television and radio three months later. So it's different for them. They're stars. It's what they've done their whole life. But it all comes down to this. You can cover a lot of of hurt when you find joy in something. You yeah. can. But I don't know about the opposite, Segs. Even if you're good and you find no joy in it, I think your game disintegrates pretty quickly. I do. Just because they mind. They'll both prepare hard and they'll do it. But their patience is getting worse instead of getting better as they get older. And I get what Kurt Warner's saying, and it's hard for me to disagree with him. Yet I'll never tell a guy when to walk. I can't see Brady going through another offseason when this is over. They're going to make the playoffs by default because they got the best yeah. roster in the South. But it's different. If they get into the playoffs, yes, it's Brady. They're not good enough to go running through the playoffs this year. They're just right. not good enough. Yeah. Uh, switching over to college football, um, we had, or we have, excuse me, the first college football playoff rankings tonight. Give me your one through six, or if we want to, we can go back and forth. Start with one. Who do you have at one? I got Ohio State, Georgia. I, 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 
Tennessee, one of those is going to change this week. Tennessee and Michigan yep. or Michigan, Tennessee. I'll go Tennessee right now. I'll, I'll go, I'll go mm-hmm. Tennessee right now because I'm still waiting for Ohio State. They beat good teams when Michigan, you know, if they beat up on Ohio State. But it's yeah. fair. I Six and one half dozen. Yeah, that's mine. I got Ohio State first, Georgia. Tennessee slightly over Michigan yet. I don't know if, if I, I don't know what the point spread would be on a neutral site between the third and fourth team. But I'm going to give it to Tennessee today. Number five for me, Sags, is Alabama. Um, and number six, who am I leaving out? Um, you got Clemson, TCU, I think. Oh, the yeah, two. no, no, I, I, Clemson, TCU, Oregon, as you move towards the yeah. 10, right? The, I, I, Clemson, I guess, because it's an easier conference, probably put them at, yeah, at, yeah. at uh, six, but Alabama would round out my top five. Yeah, I, I look at it. I go, I changed mine up this week after seeing what Tennessee did to Kentucky. I mean, they just straight beat that uh, ass. Dude, it was not, it was, and I had it. I had it a closer game than that. Yeah, Tennessee winning, but inside of that twelve yes. or fourteen points, whatever it was, they beat them down. It wasn't beat close. them down. So right. I, I put Tennessee one, Georgia two, Ohio State three, Michigan four, Alabama five, like you. Then I had Clemson, TCU, um, right, right outside, and then the I had to round out my top ten with believe I had uh the three Pac-12 schools. I had Oregon, or, USC, UCLA. UCLA, right. That's what I would have done, too. The Pac-12 would have finished out my top ten. Yeah. And I would have had to, the, after Clemson at six, the TCU, who did I leave out of there? TCU. Yeah, seven, eight. Who did I have at, Cle- after Clemson? Clemson. Oh, TCU. Oh, yeah, Clemson TCU and then TCU, right. And then yeah. the three Pac-12. You and I are the same. At the top, and listen, Sage, I'm with you. I guess maybe I'm still treading a little lightly because – I should. I, I believe in Tennessee, but I'm like, man, is this that real? Were they yeah, so fast? I questioned it. I questioned it. I questioned it. And you know, I, I, I put them up though. there because Georgia might just go in there and, and steamroll them, and and then we just look at Tennessee as, okay, you're just you know a top you, ten you, team, you, you're not great, be in the but playoff. yeah, right, exactly. So but I, I'm uh, with you though, Sigs. I, I listen. I can understand. Now, if they go in there and beat Georgia. <laughs> There ain't no doubt who the number one team in America exactly. is. I'm sorry to Ohio State or anybody else. Yeah, that will that will approve because they're not just beating good teams; they are beating them up. Kentucky's yes. not a bad football team. No, I mean you you take a look at who they're beating and the way they're doing it, it's like damn. And they got the ever present playmaker at quarterback, which yep. everybody wants. And hype. Well, the one thing says that I hope for this weekend he does not do is play not to lose because they're in this position, right? They're in the top four. Mm-hmm. You're going to Georgia. Let's play it a little safer. Screw that. No. You do not up. take your foot off that gas pedal one bit. Matter of fact, if you do that, you're playing into Georgia's hands, doing what they want you to do. Yes. You try it because they want to limit those 85 or 90 plays to 70 and say, well, that's two or three scores you're going to get. Right. You ain't getting on us. So if you thought your pedal was to the metal, shift that bitch into another gear and keep going because that's the only way you got to. And if Hypo will trust his team like that, we may see something different. Now, I don't know if they can go in there and beat Georgia, but I can tell you this, Georgia's watching tape saying, damn, this is the best offense possibly we faced all year. Matter of fact, not possibly. It is without question whether going forward it is, but this team is good. I hope Hypo doesn't do sometimes what you do. You overprotect in games like this and it gets your ass kicked. Don't do it. Got to go in there and let it loose. Yeah, and it it's going to be interesting. Georgia will be without their really good uh, defensive end, Nolan Smith. He's out for the year with an injury. He will start getting ready for the draft as he 
uh, comes back from that. Uh, I want to get your take on this Michigan, Michigan state tunnel situation where there's now multiple videos of Michigan state players jumping to Michigan players after the, the, you know, very hard fought game where Michigan came out on top and, um, Two defensive backs of Michigan went up the tunnel, and now I've heard that they both do the same thing every single week. They get up the tunnel. They don't stay out on the field. They like to get to the locker room, and they were doing that, and it's the same tunnel as we all know. It's been like that since for 100 years at Michigan Stadium, however long it's been up, and Michigan State players took offense and started swinging helmets, throwing punches. Uh, It was five-on-one against Jaden McBurrow's. Uh, now, and here's my thing that I have the problem with Mel Tucker came out yesterday and said he suspended four players. When you look at this situation, there was five or six on one, just in one of the scenarios. And then the other scenarios where the kid was swinging a helmet with another guy punching him in the face at the same time. So I don't know how you just have four guys. Um, and now there's lawsuits being sent out against Michigan State players from the Michigan players and so on. Uh, it's a bad situation there for Michigan State. Yeah, I'm not a frivolous lawsuit guy. I don't think this is frivolous. I think right. it's Bush League by Michigan State. I think it was the chicken shit way to do it. And you know when you go on Twitter or on social media, you see these videos of five or six people beating up on one and mm-hmm. then the rest sitting back and watching. You know, and, and yep. we see it all the time yep. all over, right? It's like makes you sick to your stomach. Same thing. Well, well, come on. Even if you're a teammate, of a Michigan state player. It's like, come on, man, not here. I mean, if it was two guys that were jawing each other and pushing each other, let those two jaw and push each other. If that's what you're getting to, like you used to do in third grade schoolyard out behind the thing and then be buddies. I mean, listen, I understand intense rivals. I understand emotion. It was Bush league. It was chicken shit. It can't happen. I would do what Michigan's doing. And if Mel Tucker, who also said they're going to let the investigation roll through, and if he sees something more in this investigation, he'll take the suspensions and see what needs to be done beyond. Now, if they find out what you saw and whatever, that there was more people and it was more heinous than he thinks with the suspension, well, two, two or three things have to happen. One is you got to suspend him the rest of the season or even all three. Secondly, you may have to kick him off the team and tell them that they're not welcome on campus anymore. Uh, on the team, they can go go to school, but they're not welcome to play here anymore. And then third is, as Jim Harbaugh said, I would look into, you know, with this investigation, finding out how the, I mean, they got to find, they're going to have to punish these guys because that we're going above and beyond the call of a fist fight on the, on the field, right? This is, is it can't happen. It can I don't know what would provoke somebody emotions and the rest, but I don't want to hear that's just gamesmanship and competition. No, five and six dudes beating on one guy. It's not gamesmanship compensation. It's cowardice Bush League move. And I would think that Mel Tucker knows that. And if I'm Harbaugh and those players, I have no problem pushing this forward because it's not something you can accept and just think that that's just supposed to happen every day. It doesn't. And it's not supposed to. Exactly. Exactly. Jumping back to the NFL, we just had another trade. I told you how the Chicago Bears traded Roquan Smith. Now they've traded, I'm guessing, that second-round pick they got from the Ravens to the Steelers for wide receiver Chase Claypool. So Justin Fields gets another weapon, a big body that can stretch the field, and this will help Darnell Mooney, the other wide receiver that kind of has been out there by himself trying to make plays. I think this helps Fields, who's been really good the last two weeks. Great elevation the last two weeks of his game. Yes, 
He really uh, has. I think this is a big time move to help him this year going into next season as they'll try and compete and they'll have a hundred and almost thirty million dollars in cap space. I'm a little surprised that other teams and maybe there were, or maybe that's why they did it, pulled it off that didn't jump into the Claypool fray if you needed another player. Mm-hmm. But this is good for this is excellent for the Bears. It seemed like he had run his course in Pittsburgh for whatever whether he's in somebody's doghouse or whatever it is, Sags, because you know, he's a very com- a, a confident guy. He thinks he's one of the better receivers in the league. It hasn't bore its fruit rookie year, yes, but since then, right? The type of player that we expect and parlayed him out. Maybe Fields can bring that back out. This is a good get with the second-round pick yep. moving on. I thought that somebody else also would jump in on Claypool, and maybe they did, but this is great for Fields and great for the Bears. You get a young player and a guy who's a pretty dynamic receiver and who's familiar with that area, having played at Notre Dame, yep. and maybe this revitalizes what he, what he did his rookie year. He's getting a more dynamic quarterback than Pickett or Trubisky. There's no question about it. This is an upgrade for the Bears too. Another. This is a. It's been a couple good days for the Bears and what they're doing. Yeah, and then real quick, just last minute here, Zach Wilson. Uh, he's lost. I, I don't know what he's doing out on the football field anymore. You see these highlights where. He's throwing balls just straight into the ground. He's missing guys by 10 yards. He's running around in the pocket when the pocket hasn't collapsed one bit. It's gone really bad in New York for Zach yep. Wilson. He's never going to lead the league in accuracy, shit sake. Yeah. I can promise that. Here's the deal. It's an enormous talent with a guy, and I'll keep it as simple as I can because we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, more as we yeah. roll through the season. An enormous talent with a guy who's got so caught up in the off-schedule stuff, he doesn't know how to play on schedule. He doesn't know how to read through progressions and hit a simple play. It's like everything needs to be something magical, and it's causing him problems. He's your, I've said it before, he's your fraternity league All-American where you bring him in street clothes, and you're like, damn, we killed this. This guy, we we just went out and played our turkey bowl game. That's the best player I've ever seen. Now, obviously, he's better than that. You get my point. We're drawing up in the dirt, and let's go and draw it up in the dirt. Sometimes doesn't work. Zach Wilson's got a long time to go, or he's going to be in danger of opening that door for somebody else. Talent only gets you to a certain point. You got to start to fulfill it as well. And he's got to be more accurate and more decisive with his decisions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll continue to talk about those quarterbacks and more, and we'll let you know what else happens at the trade deadline on Thursday. When we record the next episode of the Sean Salisbury show, as always, we're brought to you by bet online. And as always, thank you to believe.com. We'll talk to you on Thursday, Sean. Thanks brother. Great stuff. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.